Welcome to the real deal with a Q. July 10, 2017. Here recorded at ESPN Radio Studios, 53 West Alabama Street. First day, day one, Dominique Monday back on the camera. Gio Lopez producing on the boards. Very special moment, very special day. This is day one at a new place. New time, still same person. Different format. New chapter. And first of all, I want to, before I get before I started with the show, I want to thank the people at KCOH at the other station I was at for being there for a whole year. Got my foot on, got my foot wet to see how it was, and had the show every Saturday nine o'clock. Caught the locker room with a guy that works here now, Robert Harris Jr. We, we did it for like a whole year, and great guy now working for SB Nation, and learned a lot. You know, learned how the business worked, the whole aspect of things, still being a college student, and just grateful for the opportunity I'm having now and what I received from Miss Jerry Beasley at KCOH. Sometimes you got to move on, but sometimes you got to move on. You got to move on for new beginnings, a new chapter in life, and that's where we're at now. Hashtag RDWA, Real Deal with the Kill. When your name is behind something, you want to at least you don't want to make your name look bad. So, my thing is this: with this show, it's gonna be nothing but just. It's not gonna be just sports. That thing with the locker room, everything was just sports. You know, I have a following on Instagram, and I'm a I'm a male, so 95 percent of my my followers are women. And let's just face it: a lot of women don't like sports. Some of them do, but not all 3,900 of my followers. It's not a lot of followers, but. They don't like sports like that, so I have to figure out a way. How can I, you know, build a build a bigger brand or a market to get people to watch on YouTube and to listen to the podcast? Switch it up. I always hear you should talk about this, talk about that, talk about this, then the third. Okay, well, you're gonna get sports, you're gonna get music, entertainment, fashion, the culture, everything that the city of Houston provides or across the country, you know. And I have a guest coming on later, Jay Mulan, who is a is an example of that. You know, she is a top ten, was voted one of the top ten most influential people in the city of Houston, and that's a big deal because you're top five, in, you're top five in the seat, and you're 22 years old, and you uh, influence you inf- you influence a lot of people in the country, in the city. Well, that's a big deal because I'm 23, I'm older than her, and I don't have no influence on nobody. <laughs> I don't have no influence on nobody except my family. That's it. Probably some at school, but hey, that's what it is. I'm gonna talk to Gio. Gio, how you how you how you feeling today? How you doing on this on this rainy muggy Monday? Doing great, man. And uh, if you're looking for fashion advice, that, that's all you, because uh, I have none over here. Well, like I have this. This is my three days out of the week clothes. Just a t-shirt, <laughs> uh, some shorts, and man, shoes. That's it, man. I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> I haven't went shopping in God knows how long. I am a broke college student. Do that. Same here. But you know what's crazy? They got it's two things. I got two different types of broke. You got broke and you got pre-rich. Broke is like bummers ain't doing nothing in life. You know, they ain't working towards nothing. Yeah. See, me and you and Monday on the camera, we're pre-rich. We're guys that's trying to do something in life. That's pushing towards things. That's doing a lot. See, I'm still in college. You will grad you graduated already? About to. About to graduate. Yeah. He graduated. So but we're pushing towards something. Yeah. So we eventually 
money's gonna be hitting the bank account a lot in the future. Yeah, man. And then even then, even then, I might go cheap. So that, I, exactly. I listened to that uh, story of OJ. I don't know if you listened to Jay Z. Oh again. my God, Jay. We can talk about that too. Jay Z's album. It has me questioning every every purchase I make. It's like, mm, I could probably buy some art. I'm gonna tell you this about Jay Z. See, my brother was always a Jay Z fan. See, my thing about Jay Z's album is this: we've been missing that for the longest. And there's a lot of people that've been talking about the stuff he talked about on that album, but it's when it's somebody as big as like Jay Z, people's gonna listen and tune into that and be like, okay, Jay Z saying something, we gotta listen to it because yeah. I believe that album is his second bit is was his most important album in his career. He had thirteen. To me, I think that was his best album since Reasonable Doubt. He had some great ones after that. The Black Album. Yeah. You know, Magna Carta, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that was his second best, or if not his best album, since Reasonable Doubt. Oh, yeah. Underground rappers have been saying the same thing. But since this, this is Jay, like, spitting that out there, it is causes con- controversy both ways. Like, there's people against it, like, future uh, Instagram posts of him uh, oh, with a cash in, in his hand. Oh. Like, yeah. So stupid. I mean, and, and there's people like or Fifty Cent's Instagram Instagram rant, like there's people either for it or against it or with all that stuff. So I mean, it, I, I I think some of the songs are really good. I wouldn't say it's the second best album, but important wise, yes. And it is it, like that whole him asking for forgiveness from Beyonce it causes storylines as well. Four four four. That's yeah. all. Four four four. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's it's. For him to be that vulnerable as a rapper nowadays, mm-hmm. when most rappers are just uh, mumbling through rap lyrics, I mean, it's something different. It is. It is. And it's one of them things that, and I want to say, first of all, to YouTube, look, you're going to get more than sports, like I said. So we're going to talk about music, culture, fashion, entertainment, all of that. But back to what I was talking about, Jay-Z. Jay-Z, this is what this was. What Future did was beyond ignorant and i love and i like future i like yeah i like his music i bought the, i mean i didn't buy it but i have the last they album had, they did a whole song together called keys yeah and what he did like jay-z's not beefing with nobody he's not saying anything bashful but he is putting free game on these young artists to say look this is how you move i've been doing this since the mid 90s i came from the struggle i was from new york like biggie i had to learn under him I'm giving y'all the free game to how to be successful, how to set y'all up for the future. Yeah, Jay-Z had back in the day, he was wearing the, the gold ropes, the grill in his mouth. But around 03, he had to sit like, okay, I need to change, but I can't do this forever. So that's what's going on. And if, if Future took offense to that, then you ain't going to never learn. Because Jay-Z's not trying to have beef with you. He's saying, look, he's like, a, he's like, you ever watch Star Wars? Yeah. He's like the he's like Darth Vader. He's like Yoda. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy that's saying, "Look, young Jedi, young future, I'm trying to put you on game. You are a great artist. You can be the face of Atlanta if you make this move, that move, this move, that move." But this what this what Future does. He puts the money to his ear like it's the money phone. There's no reason for that. I'm sitting there like, "Come on." Yeah, I mean, most most new rappers I feel look up to people like Lil Wayne. Like, uh, all these other rappers before them that have that done all that stuff, like have Diamond all the time and have all this fancy stuff, but they don't look at people like Diddy or 
they don't look up to people like Diddy or Jay. DJ Khaled too. Or DJ who are billionaires. Yeah. Well, not DJ Khaled, not yet. But almost, almost. Um, but uh, Diddy and and Jay like did other stuff other than rapping yeah. to become billionaires, and they don't look up to that. They only look up to I have to post something on Instagram with cash in my hands. Yeah, and it's and it's just it's stupid, and it's the thing that these rappers now are in a social media era. Yeah. So they look at things differently how Jay-Z was because he grew up not in the social media era. He's in it now, but when he was in his prime in music, it's crazy to say prime because this album at 40, 47 years old is like, God, he's like, he's 27 years old. Yeah, I mean, like a 13th album, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be like complete. Stop. Exactly. Yeah. Like, who at 47 can we sit here and say this man is still great? Okay, my favorite group of all time is Bone Thugs and Harmony. They just put out an album not too long ago this year. And I'm a Bone Thugs fan. Oh, that's my favorite group, Dem and Run DMC. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not listening to the album because I don't <laughs> care what they talking about anymore. Yeah. Jay Z at 47 is doing the things he's doing. It's like, how are you doing this? He looks like LeBron James in his 14th season. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't see LeBron James ever slowing down. Jay Z at 55 could put out an album. I'm still listening to it. Yeah, he's like Brady. Oh, like he's still goodness. winning against Atlanta. Ah, against Atlanta rappers. Exactly. So it's like exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's still winning against, against Atlanta rappers. rappers. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Like, how's Jay Z? And it's crazy. The way to like, we, okay, we, we could rank this right now, if you could, top rap albums of 2017. <sighs> um, probably do top five if you can make a five. Not no order. No order. All right. Kendrick Lamar's album. Damn, there you go. Yeah. Can we cuss on podcast? Can we, can we do that? What? Uh, it's a podcast. We could, we could cuss. Yeah, I mean, you can oh, curse. Right. Yeah, I can do whatever you want. Fuck yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn, shit. Damn, it's the, uh, number, one of the best out of 2017. Um, Jace album. There you go. I got I to throw some some uh, new age rappers in there. I like I actually like 21 Savage. Ooh, I was finna say 21 Savage <laughs> I re- album. I, I really God, like 21, I 21 Savage, Savage album. Um, I don't know. You're going to tell me on the next two. I got you. Want me to get my five? And yeah. You see? All right. Yeah. No order. Jay-Z's album. 444. Culture. Migos. 21 Savage. Uh, new album. It's an album. 4-5. Mm-hmm. Shh. Shoots, 2017. I agree with the Migos one. Migos, oh, yeah, like that was. Gosh. See, but that's something different. Like they changed the game because they created some good songs. I mean, exactly. And I'm gonna tell you this, and the people always arguing with, with with this. I say, look, 20 years from now, you're gonna remember culture. Yeah, you're gonna have a culture 20, 20th anniversary edition album remastered. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen with culture Migos. Yeah, that album, damn album, Jay Z's four four four. We could throw in. Man, I'm trying to think of the other two. We said Kendrick, Migos, Jay-Z. Man. Who's other album that dropped in 2017? Because I'm looking. Did, Travis Scott was last year. Yeah, the uh, Goosebumps. Goosebumps, that album was 2017. That was 2016. So we look up right now. We look at top rap albums of 20. Yeah, I mean, that's hard. This, this, yes, it's hard. I mean, we still have what, we still half, got of, half, of, half, of, half, half a year, year left. left. But More Life. I like yes. DJ Khaled album too. Yeah. So we got we got so far we got damn. I, I'm not feeling more life a lot. Drake's album. Oh no, nah, I don't. It know was it. Uh, it was a couple of good songs. I like Passion Fruit from it, but I mean, you like it? Oh, Logic. That's Logic's my album. That's you know, my guy. That's the one I was thinking about too. I Yo. wasn't sure if it was last year's or this year where Yo. he dropped it, but 
Yeah, I'll just so this is what we're looking it. at this year so far. We're looking at Damn, Kendrick Lamar, More Like Drake, Grateful, DJ Khaled. I decided Big Shine's not in my five. It's not in my five. He, he started out so well. I like. I loved his first two albums. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this last album. He's going like Kid Cudi style. You know what? Young Thug's album. I'm looking at Young Thug. I wasn't <laughs> a Young Thug fan. But I'm looking at this album. I'm saying, yo, you did right on this. You did right. Because I'm look. I, look. I'm looking at, so I got four. I got 21 Savage, I like, Culture, Migos, Drake's, I mean, Drake's, Jay-Z's, 444, Kendrick's yeah. down. If I put in one more right now, see, if I could be, I could put Logic in everybody. I could put the Everybody album from Logic. Yeah. So that's, that's my five so far. Logic is so underrated, man. Like, I hear no buzz around no anything buzz. he does. and No buzz. And, and he deserves it. Like, yeah, he's good. Logic. He's good. Like, he, his storytelling in his album is incredible. Exactly. And then I ain't gonna lie, we put an R and B scissors album too. I don't know if you heard of Scissor. S Z A. Ah, no. Yeah. T D E. Oh my goodness. Ah, she is cold. Really? She is cold. You gotta listen to that. Yeah. And then but if I'm if I'm going lyrics, if I'm going lyrics, the most lyrical rappers, my favorite rappers, if they drop an album, I am listening to is five people. Kendrick, Cole, Logic, Ace Hood, Mick Jenkins. Or Freddie Gibbs, I could throw in Freddie Gibbs too. I don't know if you heard about Freddie Gibbs from uh, uh, Indiana. No, I got to listen to this as well. He's called. He got an album that came out this year too. Uh, Doing it a little twice. He got. Yeah, album. I mean, do you think Kanye's over the? Heard he was dropping it this year or next year. I, I see him. I, when, did, when did that last? When did he just drop? Twenty fourteen or fifteen? Sixteen. He, he dropped 16? Life of Pablo. I forgot about that. Why? Why I forget <laughs> about that album? Why did I forget about Life of Pablo? That's like the album I forgot about. Like, how did I forget about Life of Pablo from Kanye? And it's crazy because I didn't have I don't I have Spotify I don't have yeah. titles so it's like that's a forgettable album, but it's yeah. like Kanye I see next year I don't see them back to back years yeah I mean like a lot of lyrical rappers they drop every other year yeah you need some time to uh... yeah you're not Gucci Mane dropping once every five months <laughs> you know like it's not gonna that's not gonna happen so it's like that's that's my that's what that's what I'm gonna roll with for 2017 so far I'm rolling with no order Jay Z's four four four. 21 Savage album, Kendrick's, Logic, and Migos. Yeah. And the 21 Savage album, I've been literally jamming it since it came out. Dude, those beats in there, I mean, it's so good. Zaytoven, Southside, DJ Mustard, Metro. And Metro's the best producer out. Hottest producer out right now. Metro? By far. Oh, Metro is is killing the game right now. Him and him. Well, did he do his first album with Future? Did he come out? He come up with Future or was he was it with like, Future? It so. was him. I know it was him and DJ Esco with Future. Okay. Metro Boomin, he did stuff with Migos too. And when I first heard Metro Boomin, it was off of Migos. Yeah. Off his No Label 2 album. And what Metro was doing with the people, and 20, 21 Savage, excuse me. Yeah. He was always a guy putting with the category of Lil Yachty and Uzi, but. You can't put him there anymore. No more. No, after you this can't album, put him there I can't anymore. even do it. I'm looking at a new generation DMX. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. Because a guy, people, some people say this album wasn't good because of he showed the south side. DMX did the same. You cannot be hard 24-7, 365. Dude, no, the man yeah. has Amber Rose. Come on. Like, yeah, that's be- the that's the problem, man. That's the problem with new age rappers. They, I mean, most of the time you don't know what you're saying. but Exactly. <laughs> you and they, all you got to be talking about is, you know. Fucking and then uh, that's it. Exactly. So I'm sitting here like, okay, do you want this man to talk about killing people all the time? 
knives and all these these threats? Do you want that, or do you want like do you want to see the softer side? Because when you see a lot of rappers when they talk hardcore, a lot of women want to listen to soft stuff, and it's women. That's why Drake is so big. That's why Drake is so big with guys and girls, just because there there's some guys who have a sensitive side, and it's all a lie. And yeah. there's some girl and girls love Drake because of that. And this dude, like, and, and I'm not even the biggest Drake fan, but like, Drake was small. I don't care if you got a Ghost Rider. Do what you have to do to get money. Look, when we get Jay Mulan up here, <laughs> I don't care how the hell you got 71,000 followers. You could spam your look. You have a coat. You got the people in the palm of your hands. I don't give a damn what you do. You have a following. I wish I had a following. If you Drake, Twenty One Savage. Our, our guests we finna have on a little bit like I don't care how you got I don't care how you got a following yeah I don't give you ghost rope whatever you have a coat that's it you got people following you I mean the ghost writer probably couldn't perform the songs the exactly. way Drake and did so I mean thing. a lot of R&B writers a lot of R&B so- uh, artists have ghost writers a lot of writers a lot of artists have ghost writers I mean um, I'm gonna go whole different direction here Ed Sheeran actually wrote a lot of Justin Bieber songs who did Ed, Ed Sheeran, you know, the uh, redhead, white boy. You know what I'm talking oh, about? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Nah, man, you got to keep up with both sides, bro. You got to keep up with the pop culture as well. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I started rapping R&B. I keep, I keep it with electronic. Not electronic? Just, yeah. No Mind way. Mind Lotus, Machine Drum, Octave Mines. I learned that from Grand Theft Auto. That's why. <laughs> I play a lot of Grand Theft Auto. And, you know, you listen to the radio. You're driving. You know, you switch yeah. stations. Like, yeah. Grand Theft Auto 5. The, you play Grand Theft Auto 5? yeah. No, follow th- you know, yeah, you. That's where I got most of the music because that's of Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, I get all my music from from video games. <laughs> Madden, Two K, Two K. Show me a player. You play Two K Seventeen. Yeah. Show me a guy in Mahee Jordan. Oh yes, every step, that's, every way. Yeah. When I heard that song, I looked him up on Spotify, and I found that he was signed to OVO. My initial thought was, Drake needs to put on people from OVO. <laughs> Let him go in for two years, and there's people that's just as good as him. This dude is talented. Well, he Jordan is with OBO, right? That's what yeah. you said, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, with, he got a new song with Party Next Door. Yeah. He got a new song with Party Next Door? Yeah. No way. That's, that's like his two singers for Drake, for OBO. Man, and he, you don't even know about until you play 2K. Yeah. Well, he, Mahid was in that... Uh, God, I got to look it up. He he was in one of Drake's album, and that's where I... Oh, he was? And, yeah, um, it's like a singing song, but I'll look it up. I'll let you yeah. know. But he—that's where I knew him from first. And then we can switch it up right now. We can talk about sports right now. I see you, a yeah. Rockets fan. I'm from Houston. I see you got the Harden shirt on right now. Uh, let's talk about this Rockets team. You know, we come off of last year. Um, this 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 is what you know I talked about on my last show. You know, and uh, we talked about James Harden and. You know, I talk about James Harden and how I felt about the season. His season was great. One of the best regular seasons I've seen from a Rockets player. Yeah, so we talk about James Harden. And I ain't going to lie. When I seen the San Antonio game six, I was calling James Harden all types. I was like, look, this man choked. This man is not even. Look, he shouldn't show his face in the city of Houston. And the fact that this man went out to party still bothers me to this day. So then, you know, they pick up Chris Paul. You got Chris, Chris Paul, my favorite point guard. But you gave up, you got Chris Paul to give up Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, a 2018 first round pick. 
question is to me, is it worth it? Is it worth for Chris Paul, a guy that's about to be in his 13th season, and gets hurt quite a few times? It's an old school point guard. Your projected starting five is Chris Paul, James Harden, Ariza, Ryan Anderson, if he's still there, maybe. You got Clint Capella. Off the bench, Eric, then you gave up Lou Williams. Then you give up Lou. So your bench is Eric Gordon, Isaiah Taylor. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. Then you got Nene. If this was three, four years ago, I like the move. But we in the era of Golden State. You need at least three superstars to, to compete against, to even go seven games with them. We seen how Cleveland looked. That's my – I love LeBron James. That's my guy. You seen my old show. I have my savings of LeBron James. Half of them, at least one-fourth of them, at least. Is it really enough? I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. Is it? You think it's really enough to beat Golden State? No. God, no. They they are good. They got better this offseason. Nick Young was second in catch-and-shoot percentages last season. Mm-hmm. Um, And they get everybody, the whole squad back, plus you add another pretty decent three-point shooter. Um. No, but but you were never gonna win with Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montresero anyway. So why not be aggressive and try to get another superstar player when you need superstar players to compete with the Houston Rock with the uh, Golden State Warriors? And then not only that, Chris Paul has a lot of pull around the league. He can maybe convince not convince the Knicks, but like he can ease any tension between either Carmelo or Mike D'Antoni or bring any any of his friends over that they're pretty good like uh maybe D Wade after not next year um take a cheaper contract um I'm not going to go all crazy and say we got to shadow LeBron. Oh god. No. You better not come to Houston. I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm you not better gonna, not come to Houston. I'm not I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Retired LeBron James retires in Houston. Oh, ain't ain't never going to happen. Uh, I'm not gonna go there because uh, I think that I see what you're saying though. Chris yeah. Paul, Dwayne, where they all go yeah, they're they're, they're, they're all friends, and he, you have another superstar player. You're going for it. I mean, no matter what, you're never gonna win with a bunch of role players anyway. And you didn't have any cap room anyway to do anything else. You couldn't yeah. sign Paul Millsap. You couldn't sign a, um, or you didn't have the assets for a Paul George. You you have to go what you have to go for, and even if you got Paul George, you still need another superstar. So <laughs> you got to get what you're available with. I love that Darren Morris is firing shots. Yeah, and most of the M- I love that most of the NBA is not settling for yes. Well, let's uh, let's give up and you see what Minnesota doing. Yeah, Minnesota. You see what most of the West teams are doing. Denver, like they're still signing people. They're not giving up. And yeah. just because you got to play Golden State, and most most of the superstar players came west. And this might be the most talented Minnesota team. This might be the most talented Timberwolves team in, fran- in their franchise history. You had Kevin Garnett back in the day, but was they really this talented like a Wiggins, a Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, Jamal Crawford, a Jeff Tom Teague. Thibodeau, yeah. Jeff Teague. Yeah. This team is loaded, you know, and I like the move they made. So I'm looking at the west because I know the east. Gordon Hayward, Boston, they ain't doing nothing to Cleveland. Cleveland can go get out the East, but can they win the championship? <laughs> yeah. The West is, look, it's hard now. You got Golden State, of course, at the top. 
You have an OKC, Paul George Westbrook. They won yeah. 47 without Paul George. You're going to bring in an extra 15 wins with Paul George. Get at least 60 wins at least, maybe. You think so? Maybe, because you got Stephen Adams, so you got Enos Cantor. You still you got Patrick uh, Patterson to yeah. stretch the floor. It's a good bench player, yeah. So, I mean, you look at that team in, in OKC, they're not. It's bad as people think because they don't think they're going to share the ball. Minnesota is nice. You still got San Antonio. Clippers drop off a little bit. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at the maybe the Nuggets get in there. Portland. Yeah. The I mean, uh, the yeah, like you said, uh, the only bottom row is going to be Utah and Mavericks and maybe the Lakers. But you still got um, the Sacramento Kings. They're a oh, lot of better, better in leadership over there. The future is nice. And they have a lot of young players, good young players. So it's a good mix. And although I don't think they're going to make, they're not going to win. They're going to be a problem for it. A, they're going to be a problem every night for a team. They're no. never going to quit. They're not going to back down. Yeah, they're not going to back down. Those veteran players are not going to back down. So it's it's going to be crazy. I mean, I'm I'm excited about that. But at the end of the day, Golden State still has four. Still and the thing about it is that if you bring, let's say, there's a lot of Carmelo rumors for the Rockets, right? Yeah. If you bring that in, they have to figure out how to play them. Golden State already knows how to play with each other like the chemistry is off the is off the charts and with the rockets or with any other teams you're hoping that paul george and westbrook can play together you're hoping that all these other players can play together when in golden state you got not only you have four superstar players or four all quality players mm-hmm. you also have a team that can already play with each other yeah, that's gonna be the thing I don't, I don't see any team in the west i don't see a team in the whole NBA, I'm, and I'm mad at Cleveland because LeBron is my favorite player, and I'm looking at the way Cleveland's being ran right now in this off season. First of all, we don't have no; they don't have no general manager. <laughs> what the heck is going on? It's a problem. They don't have no general manager. You can't bag. You can't bag in Paul George. You couldn't bag in Jimmy Butler. What is going on in? Cle- oh, what is going on in Cleveland? They had a deal set up in the three team trade. You had Phoenix, Indiana, Cleveland, which I probably never did the move, but it sounds good. Kyrie goes to Phoenix. Cleveland gets Kevin, uh, Paul George, and Eric Bledsoe. Indiana gets draft picks. So you tell me Cleveland had a chance to have Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, and LeBron James, and Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. And it didn't, it didn't happen because Indiana pulled the plug. Now, I understand from Indiana perspective, they don't want to send Paul George to the East. They want to make him suffer. They want to send him to the west and the lowest of lowest markets, which is Oklahoma City. Oh yeah, he's pretty much gone next exactly. season. He's going to he's going to the, Lakers. Going to the Lakers. He doesn't want to live in Oklahoma City. Exactly. So I'm looking at Cleveland. I'm like, why we need incoming bad Jamal Crawford? Chauncey <laughs> Billers don't want to be the general manager no more. So I'm looking like, come on, what are we doing, what's, what's, Cleveland? Come on, what's going on? If you want to get past Golden State, you can't keep the same team. You can't keep the same team to beat Golden State. So I'm looking at Cleveland like, yo, what are y'all doing? Y'all stagnant. Y'all can't beat this team, but I can't say they try. They semi-figured out Golden State from game three to game five. But they just didn't have enough firepower to cancel out three missiles. See, you had Kyrie and Curry. They He canceled out that Curry bomb. See, there's three, nuclear, there's three nuclear bombs on that team. It's like North Korea. <laughs> they got nuclear bombs everywhere, just like us. So you yeah. press that button. And the nuclear bombs go off. That's what happened. You got one to cancel out Curry. You got one to cancel out KD. But who's canceling out Klay Thompson? Nobody. Yeah. 
because you got Curry putting up 25 to 30, KD putting 30, 35 points. Who's taking out this 25 points right here with, with Clay Thompson? Oh, and Clay Thompson can, like, is chilling through the offense. This dude put up he, 35 minutes. Yeah. 11 dribbles. Like, he, he can be an offensive weapon, but he uses to play defensively. Like, eight. Not we're talking about one of the best offensive players in the league, and he chooses to focus on defense, and you still don't miss don't miss oh, a man. beat. You it's, don't miss no beat. It's not oh, it's, it's not fair, man. I mean, the whole KD going to Golden State, which I there were rumors going on last season, it just caused a whole rift, and I I hate him for it, but I understand why he did it. I mean, it's going to be your best chance to win. I mean, people say the NBA is bad because he left. He uh he went to Golden State. The NBA is not bad. Look, the NBA hasn't had parity since the seventies, and it was horrible. You had eight different champions. Look from eight. Okay, look. Let's let's go decade by decade. From eighty to eighty nine, it was either LA or Boston. Nine of the ten seasons. Yeah. Eight of the ten seasons. Philly, because I think Philly won, won, won. Houston went to one. Yeah. And then I want to say Detroit. Yeah, went to uh, exactly won the last. No, he won. They won eighty nine. Eighty nine. Ninety. Yeah. So we talk about parody. There was no parody in the eighties. Yeah. Let's go to the nineties. Chicago, they dominated when MJ was playing. Then you had yeah. Houston went too. So from ninety one and from ninety to ninety nine, you had three different champions: Detroit in the 90, 1990s, Houston ninety four ninety five. Then you had Chicago. Yeah, and then San Antonio last one. Exactly. And then, and then two thousand two thousand nine, L A. San Antonio. San Antonio. Miami got one. But it was no parity. It wasn't like you still yeah. had a super team in each one. San, people San, don't want to look at this, but San Antonio, they, squad, they did man. it right. But they had a squad yeah. with Greg Popovich. Yeah. It wasn't through free agents because the CBA is different than how it was back then. Mm-hmm. You still had a super team. Yeah. And look at 2010. Golden State, Cleveland. That's the era we're living in. So do we really want to sit here and see a... a of Portland versus Washington. Let's be honest. Do we want to see that? No. 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 People complaining about this 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 pay this super team crap. That, that's good for the NBA. That's it, great. That's what we need. Yeah, but I mean it might cause fans from other teams not to watch during the regular season. The finals are gonna be great. But during the playoffs and all that, regular if you're if you are, let's say, I don't know, Boston or something like that, or you're somebody in the West and you rooting for that team, knowing that the Golden State Warriors are winning 70 games in an already hard West Co- Western Conference, how are you going to feel going into the playoffs? You're not going to watch. Like, what's the whole point? It and is. that's what turns people off. But during the finals, everybody's going to be watching. If they're a fan, they'll watch the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> if they're a fan, they'll, they better watch. <laughs> better be loyal. If I had a girlfriend, and I'm probably, you know what I'm saying, I'm doing something, you better support me 110%. I don't care if I'm working at Walmart, Target, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. You better stand by my side. I don't care. I'm only bringing seven fifty an hour home. You better stand by my side. I don't care. It's just like for the ball. They, if you're a Portland, you're going against Golden State. Look at the first round. Portland got swept by Golden State. They was down damn near thirty in the four in the first half in Game Four. Yeah. They still showed up. Those are the loyal girlfriends. Those are the loyal. Those were the loyal. Those are the fans people. Exactly. you want. Yeah. When they I, show up. I understand. See, if they didn't show up, it was empty seats. You, you got no loyal fan. Like you just suck. I mean, casual fans. You, just, you yeah. have to. You still have to market through for casual fans as well, though. Still do. Uh, so it, it hurts parity, but it, like you said, there hasn't been any since the seventies. Oh, it ain't been nothing. So and, but at least you have two teams, though. Right now, 
you said that Cleveland figured out Golden State, but they haven't added any firepower. No firepower. So, so like, it's still the same story, isn't it? Like, Golden State is still a much better team than anybody else in the NBA. It's, still it's only one team that's that's higher up, and it's not even close, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Golden State is way up above Cleveland. If Cleveland got Paul George, then we're talking different. We're talking a different story. I think even if they would have added another shooter like Jamal Crawford, J.J. Redick, you still have a good chance. Oh, so we got a special, special, special guest in the building right now. This was, uh, uh, you know, so we got the show. This is the first episode of the show. And me and Monday, that's on the camera right now, we was thinking to ourselves, like, okay, what can we, who can we get as our first guest? <laughs> who can we get? You know, I'm thinking back at home. My last show was a sports show. I'm thinking, like, man, Monday, who can we, who can we get? We talked like a whole hour. Uh-huh. Who can we get on the show? Because people always told me, man, you should start doing, you know, more than just sports. You get music, entertainment, do whatever. Be all around. You're not signed to nobody. I mean, you independent. You, it's a podcast. I'm like, all right. I'm thinking about people from the Rockets. PR, I ain't got, I don't know nobody in PR. Texans, they out of town for training camp. TSU, that's cool. They're not going to give me that pop I need. It's like a baseball player going on the first inning. You're the leadoff player. Mm-hmm. You at bat. They want you to get that home run the first pitch. Right. So you know what? Let me try to get Jay Mulan. <laughs> because first of all, I had a girl that followed me that works for you. Okay. And Who? Raven Dior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Raven Dior, by the way. <laughs> and she, you know, I hit her. I said, you know what? A part of me was like, man, get Jay Mulan. But then another part was like, man, she traveled too much. She was just at BET at the L- in L.A. traveling. She's doing a lot of things. So I said, I'm going to just give it a shot. My name's behind this show, so let me just see if I get that home run. I hit up that, what, Monday or Tuesday? And then Thursday she came and be like, bam, we got action. I said, all right. <laughs> Let's roll. So hit you just ran up on me. That's all you got to do is That's just right. run up on me. Exactly. And I, you know, I ain't know. I'm looking at Instagram because I've been seeing on Instagram for a few times. I'm like, okay, hold on. <laughs> it's, 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 who am I? You know, I ain't nobody. Who can I just run up on somebody and just get them? So I said, you know what? Is this a real account? Is this the real account? Are you sure this is uh, uh, DMing the right person here? You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Let me, let me, so I hit the assistant up. So I said, you know what? Let me hit the assistant. You know. Hey, I'm at ESPN at the studio. This, then, the third. We instead, I said, you know what? I told Monday. I said, we got action. We good. <laughs> we good for Monday. So I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what? That's a big deal. So Saturday we met up at the at DJ's. Shout out to DJ because Country Cowboy. I had him on the show. My last show. He's gonna be back here soon. And he had a workout class. Yeah. And when you well, when you walked in, it was like this 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 aura, this presence. Oh, uh, like, thank you. This is for real. This is, she, she, this, this, this is a real person we're walking into. She means business. That's what it means, people. Business. So we talked about it. You was interested, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. Because, like, you know, a lot of people sometimes, they, they, get this, this, they get these amount of files, and they feel like they big. They feel like right. they're Hollywood. You know, they can't talk to nobody when they get, like, 50K, 60. So, no, without further ado, Culture Queen, top 10 most influential person. In the city of Houston. Ah, uh, thank you. Miss J. Mulan is in the <laughs> building. Give hand claps on that one. Give her hand claps. So, J. Mulan, how, how you how you doing? Because Saturday, you know, I was there. I'm glad you invited me to the to the casting call. Mm-hmm. So, how you how you felt about the whole casting call thing? Um, the casting call, I think it was very successful. But you know, it's that's probably like my sixth casting call. So, 2017. 
This year? No, 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 not this year. Probably like since I started my first agency when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of knew how it works. This is my first time trying to switch it up and do it somewhere different. Yeah. Just because I want the atmosphere to have more of a luxe vibe and I want the videos and pictures to look differently. Yeah. Who knew that it was going to be a, a thunderstorm that day and we in a hot garage oh, and it's man. humid and just felt like everything that I thought could go wrong really, really went wrong. Got into it with uh, one of the workers that were up there. They weren't trying to move the cars out the way so we could start the casting call. It was just so much going Not on. A lot. But, you know, with the grace of God, he always pulls through. When I walked in, it was already, you know, over 50 models there. Yeah. We concluded to over 100 models showing up. So, you know, I just give it all the glory to him because I'm very anal. I'm the type of person that likes structure and things to go a certain way. And I put a lot of pressure on myself. So I just think that it just went really smooth. Uh, I had a lot of special guests that popped up on me. So it just it lightened the mood, and I think that, you know, everybody got great vibes from it. And you just like me, you know, I'm a social guy. You know, you, you know, I would say, you know, there's no respect to you. 5.30 was a show. But, I mean, yeah, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. I'm pretty sure you're a busy woman. I'm a playing guy. I'm a Leo. You know, we <laughs> Leos, we straightforward. You know, we, we want things as planned. But, you know, things happen. It rained. People still showed up. Yeah. 100 models. And, you know, and it, it, it came out to be a good event. Because I was always interested in seeing how the casting call went. Because I always seen it on social media, mm-hmm. and I seen I was like, "Hey, this might be somewhat, and you know, this might be interesting. You know, you get a lot of money because for you to be twenty two, and the amount of people that's coming in mm-hmm. and trying to work under you at that age is like that's that's a big. There's like I told DJ this. I said, "Man, what you're doing on social media, you have the people in the palm of your hands, and you got that control and that power. Mm-hmm. When you talk, everybody listens." And that's what's going on right now with you and the way you're moving. So I want to get to know, I want to ask this, okay. your upbringing, your background. Who is Jay Mulan? Um, My upbringing, well, of course, I'm from Houston. Um, I think the reason why I'm so social with so many different people is every year I move to a different school. Mm-hmm. So I just had those parents where pick up, it's time to move. So, you know, I, I really adjusted and know how to you know, um, build relationships with different people, different ethnicities, yeah. uh, just learning how to walk into a room and, you know, make friends with people and uh, converse with people. And I think that's what really uh, gave me that push, that drive, just because it was easy. It came, it comes off natural. Yeah. So just to connect with people, and that's how I call myself, you know, a culture queen. Really, I don't call myself that. Um, Kenny Burns gave me that nick that nickname because yeah, he's doing a lot of things. He gave me that nickname because my Twitter name was Curve Queen, and he was like, "You're not a Curve Queen, you're a Culture Queen." Yeah. So from that, I just stuck with it and ran with it. You know, everybody's like, "How do you know all these people in Houston?" Like, you know, you know people from all over. Mm-hmm. I lived everywhere in Houston. I lived on the. East. Mm-hmm. Um, we that. I saw. We that. Out. Yeah, I lived. On, I lived on the East Coast, so and I went to school in Baton Rouge. Why does people keep calling yeah, me? Hey, they see you on Instagram live. I'm trying to go live. They, 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 they got any questions? <laughs> we can answer them. So you know things of that nature. I think uh, that, that's really my upbringing on that. My mom and dad were separated. Um, and when I got into high school, I decided, you know, I want to live with my dad. I want to give him a chance. He was living on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and I wanted to pursue modeling. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I really got into, you know, just that industry and that field yeah. in general. And you still modeling, too, as long as you got the you got the agency, and you still modeling as well. Of course. Yeah. I'm going to get out there, you know, if it's worth it or if it's something that I need to touch bases on, I'm going to 
get out there and come out of retirement sometimes. And that's the thing. You not only did the modeling, but you said, okay, if I could model in Houston, mm-hmm. which is a top five city, let me own something. Let me, you know, build a company and build a brand. And that's what's going on. You got people around you that's doing something for themselves too. And back on that casting call, my analysis was, can I get my analysis? This, mm-hmm. is, this is your thing. Ahead, First of all, the show, the, the play, the thing was great. It was a great atmosphere. You know, everything was great. But I'm going to be 100. This is the real deal. <laughs> I'm going to be real. Some of them, some of them girls wasn't no. You know, you know to yourself, Jay Mulan. Of you course. know some of them girls wasn't no model. So look, I'm gonna say this. Just because you got a Nikon or a Canon at your house, and you have an iPhone Seven, you ain't no damn model. I'm gonna just be one hundred <laughs> with you. You ain't no model. They could be watching this. I don't care. You ain't no model. Just because you got a hundred likes, a few DMs, a few comments, doesn't make you a model. Cause I'm tired of seeing some of these girls. Some, not all, some of them right. putting. Oh, booking at so-and-so at Gmail, Yahoo. Not no model. It's a sport. It's a, it's serious. And the guy that was on the mic, the first guy, mm-hmm. I knew you had, it was you, blame it on Quay. Uh-huh. You had a third judge. He was, was he, I don't think he was there. Who, where, um, what do you mean? You had, cause you said the, you had guest judges showing up. Oh, had, Joshua, he didn't, yeah, he, he didn't show, show up. Uh-huh. So he had the guy on the mic. He was yeah. keeping it real. Yeah. He was saying, look, tuck your shirt in, put the hair behind the shoulder, give the wall. Beauty. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to model judge, but it's like, yo, you got to take this serious because a person like you take it serious. Yeah. So that's just my analysis on the whole thing. Um, well, and see, that's the difference with our agency. Um, I'm the type of person, if you have a dream, who am I to tell you that, you know, you can't follow your dream? Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, some girls come in there, you know, t- to the eye, you might be like, uh-uh, she's not a model. But who am I? With hard work and dedication and That's with true. this generation, things are changing. The The conventional beauty is not, not the same anymore. So it, the whole industry is changing. It's about social media. Um, even with major modeling agencies, they want to make sure you have a certain amount of followers first. Yeah. Or they want to make sure that what is your brand. So... Nowadays, you know, I'm the type of person that if this is what you want to do and you put your effort and, and time into it, mm-hmm. you got it. That's on yeah. you. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't I don't see I don't see color. I don't see all I see is hard work and dedication because I know a lot of people say, hey, I don't think she could have a, a modeling agency or I don't think she's going to be successful. And look at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And it takes hard work. Like I say, like, I used to always be the one that said, like, chili wasn't even a sport. But I grew up and realized, like, man, that is, you got to be in condition. Like, the dudes, you know what I'm saying? They came in, some of the dudes came in fit. I'm like, I talked to Monty. We were sitting by the, we were sitting by the Bentley. You know, the Bentley on the black, the black on black <laughs> one. We sitting back up. We like, yo, Monday, this dude right here, he go, he walking to that desk like he finna kill somebody. Like, you soul brother, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking like, some of these dudes killed it. Some of the dudes could, but overall, it was a good thing, good event. But I'm going to ask you this. Do I, do, you know, do, do I fit, you know, the, the whole model look, you know, can I be a model? So I'm, like, around 200 pounds. What I got to do to be a model? If I want to be. What's, back what's, to, so back to my judge. answer. Hard work and okay. dedication. If you feel that is your dream, young man, mm-hmm. then who am I to judge that? You know what I mean? Just want to know that. Uh-huh. Probably future reference. I might walk up. If you don't, if I get invited to another casting call, I might walk up and do a, uh, what Dan the man did and them coming just out of nowhere. <laughs> show what I got. But nah, but nah, seriously though, everything was a good event. Everything was great. And so with you doing everything that you're doing right now and the amount of followers you get at your age, to being how did you feel being one of the top ten most influential people in the, in the city of Houston? 
Um, it was definitely a little overwhelming. Like it, it was a great feeling. And of course, like I said, I'm, I'm hard on myself. So I feel like I'm not done yet mm-hmm. or it's always more for me to do. But it really showed that hard work does pay off. I mean, like I said, I've been doing this since I was 18 years old and everything I do, even when I'm traveling, it's always for me to open doors back into Houston to, you know, Houston is not a, a top city for modeling. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm no. just trying to create an industry just because we are such a large city. It, it makes no sense why um, we don't have a field in Houston, Texas. So if you, you know, we don't have one, I'm gonna make one. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. And I feel like me example, Going to TSU, a lot of people that go to TSU, like you could attach to this Monday, a lot of people want to be pharmacy majors, law, business. But in my in, in our field, communications, you don't have a lot of sports journalists, so I feel like I had to cradle some type of movement. And for me to be thankful to have the sports network streaming on YouTube for TSU, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. So I feel what you're coming from. I feel like in top, as a top five city, and it's a segue to what I'm going to ask to next about the culture of Houston, is that it's 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 not what I think it's supposed to be, like music for example. Mm-hmm. Houston music I feel like should be bigger than what it is now because I seen the run that we had in two thousand six, when everybody out of nowhere had a tsunami of albums. Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Bun B, come in there, Slim Thug, all just came out of nowhere. Then we had the Mo City Don song freestyle with Zero. We had Get Throw from Bun B and Pimp C. Then all of a sudden it just stopped. So how do you feel? Is the culture right now in 2017 with with just everything as an overall, especially music? Mm, I, I think we try, but I think Houston just gets stuck. You know, I think Houston is the type of place where um, you can be a local celebrity and people are just fine being that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't want to go above and beyond. They get a little success or a little fame and fortune, and they're like, okay, well, I'm good. I got a hit song. Okay, I'm famous. I'm popping. Yeah. And, you know, and our culture and our people, we don't we don't look out for each other. We're always trying to, you know, excuse my language, we're always trying to shit on each other. Yep. You know, people aren't trying to bring each other together. And, hey, let me let me rep you. Let me, you know, with Sauce Twins, they had a, a great thing going on. They were performing at every major concert that was going on in Houston. And, you know, they make one comment, you know, everybody turns the opposite way to a person that doesn't even live in Houston. But, hey. You know, that that's how it goes. I'm hoping, you know, someday soon, which I mean, we do have big artists, Travis Scott, uh, what's it called? Ugly God, you know, that he's are from Houston. Yep. He's from Houston. Oh, my God. And I know that. Yeah. From Houston. So we, we do have artists, but it's just crazy how they don't make it out don't of Houston. Don't you feel that's bad, though? Because Travis yeah. had to go. Because he's from, he's, from, he's from Missouri, say like me. And he went to Elkins. Mm-hmm. He had to leave Houston and went to, went to the West Coast and made his music. And now he's big. Ugly lot. Who would have known he's from Houston? Right. Like, come on now. Like, I don't even know. Because, you know, the Houston culture is the slabs, the screwed up music. Music is totally different. It's, it's different. And I feel like, to me, it starts from the top of where it's at now. And it's, it's, it's it trickles down. But that goes back to people not supporting each other. If it's not a certain sound, you know, people mm-hmm. don't accept it. So they have to go elsewhere. And it's crazy. Like I said, just like the fashion world is changing, music world is changing. Before, record labels wouldn't even take you unless you're popping in your own city. Yeah. You know what I mean? They want to make sure you could take over your own city before, you know, they want to sign you. No matter where you're from. You're from Oklahoma. They want you to be the biggest thing out of Oklahoma first, you know. Yeah. But hey, you know, making connections with certain people, artists are having their own record labels now, and it's just really about just networking and connecting the dots. So, 
that I'm just trying to be the bridge. So how do you feel about the new Jay-Z album? Oh, I love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. I'm definitely a Jay-Z head just because my dad, he's a, I've always been obsessed with Jay-Z and Michael Jackson. So, like, you know, I just feel like it was a different sound. I don't think it's something that you're necessarily going to be twerking and dancing to in the club. But I think that, you know, just for this generation, we needed some substance. And I was talking about this to a dear friend of mine that's, you know, it's not about lyrics anymore. It's more about a wave and how people feel. Yep. You know, it's not about what exactly, what the, what's, what's the content. You know what I mean? It's, everything is so dumbed down now, which is okay. It's okay to have a vibe and vibrations to a certain song. But we still need some substance so we understand, you know, a lot of things people learn is from music. It's from the culture. Yep. You know what I mean? So I think this was the best time for him to put out an album like that. He's at 47. Like me and me and Jill was talking about this earlier. Like, oh, 47, you doing this? It's it's a, it's like LeBron James in the NBA. You in year 14, you still put up 30 a game, averaging a triple double. So it's like the same thing. But I'm not gonna lie, I've been jamming Jay Z, but I'm still stuck in that 21 Savage album. <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, I know you heard the album. Oh no, I actually have. You didn't hit. Oh. I'm different. I'm a I'm no, an oldie. But you know what? But you know what's crazy? I'm an old soul. Yeah, me but too. At the same time, I heard 21 Savage album Friday. I'm like, this is not the same 21. That's the that we heard from this. Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. So now that you said that, it's this, making me I'm when serious. I go back to my I car. I'm so serious. I'm an old, I'm an old person. Yeah, I'm, uh, my, I'm my 90s, 80s. Yeah. I'm that type of person I am. See, my favorite Neo rapper is soul. Kendrick, Cole. I love guys like that. My favorite Neo soul artist right now is Jameson. I don't know if you heard about him. Jameson. No. Cool guy. You should look him up. He's cold. He's he's good. And, I'm going to check him out. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at 21. I'm like, damn. See this the this the this the Amber Rose twenty one seven. This isn't the you know slaughter gang. This this is the Amber Rose got him taking vitamin C's and stuff. Amp twenty one savage. That's him and he's doing his. He thing. doing some slow music or is all. Yeah, a couple of slow. It's balanced. It's very balanced. You still you still got the you know twenty one, but you got like the the Amber Rose twenty one. Okay. You know some women's vibing to it, but now nah, I want I want to ask this though. The you got into modeling at what age? Um, I got into modeling when I was my first photo shoot. I was 16. 16. Who, did you have to look up to anybody to get into this? Who influenced you to, to do the things that you're doing right now? Uh, I don't want to sound cliche, but, you know, Tyra Banks. I grew up watching America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, just ever since I was younger, I just wanted to be somewhat of an entertainer. You know, I, I went to the Ensemble Theater each summer and did a lot of training with acting, dancing. And I just knew... Whatever I just love to be in front of the camera. I just love to perform. Yep. I just love to, you know, have this character. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to East Coast, I really wanted to do modeling. That was hard to even try to get into because I lived in Delaware. I didn't live in, like, New York. So I was just right there in the middle where, you know, it was an hour away. Yep. But, um, yeah, just I think Tyra Banks was the one because she was just she was a boss. Oh, and cool. I just liked what the dynamic she was taking the fashion industry and as I seen these young girls try out, you know, and be in different cycles, I'm like, man, when I turn 18, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to be a part of it. But once I moved back to Houston, I realized that, you know, I loved to model. I was doing fast show after fast show, shoot after shoot. And I would get so many young girls and, you know, people around my age, like, hitting me, hey, you know, how'd you get into it? Or, hey, I want to be in a show. Or, hey, I want to do this. And I will just tell them, oh, come to this cast call. This is going on. That's going on. Mm-hmm. And finally, I'm like, I'm the one with all the connections. I, yeah. I mean, I know everything that's going on in the city. I'm like, you know, I think I want to start, 
you know, an agency and just have these girls just ready and on call so that way people can hit me up directly and, you know, they can do photo shoots, video shoots, anything that they want to do, I have that access, might as well share it to another young woman or young male. And that's great it. because you have you opened the door at your age and you see a lot of people, you know, that's around our age and they sometimes be settled where they at, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm gonna, I want to ask this question because you got people around you that's older than you. Mm-hmm. How did they buy into their roles, you know, to work under you? Because you're the main, you're the main hub people that people look at. And you have got, you have people, men and women, that's older than you, and they buy into their roles, and now they're working under you. How did they, how did you, how did you get them to buy into their roles and for them to do what they're doing now? I mean, they reached out to me. So, going back to when I first started my agency, when I was 18, I was doing everything. I didn't have a team. I didn't have assistants. I was their manager, their mother, their confidant. I was everything to the point to where I was spiraling out of control just because I was like, I cannot do this all on my own. Mm -hmm. So, when I decided to relaunch, I'm like, I need a solid team. And it started off with uh, me throwing my um, agency launch party. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God... I just give it all to him because he he just knows the right time, the right place. And I had these group of individuals, shout out to them, Jay Milan Agency in the building. I had them um, come just help me out for my launch party. And they took care of everything. Like came in there, everything was together. They had the PR together. Everything was just, you know, organized and on point. So I was just like, you know, hey, would y'all like to be a part of my team? And they're like, yeah, we would love yeah. to. So it happened and, you know, it's a dream team, and we've literally been just getting everything knocked out, and it's just been easy breezy selling. So, you have the amount of funds you have right now. Mm-hmm. Look, I had to do some stalking throughout the weekend to get to know <laughs> who you are. I've seen you before on Instagram plenty of times. You know, I probably press follow one time. Of course, you won't follow me back. Who, who, was, who am I? Ain't nobody. So, <laughs> this boy. <laughs> I get to, so, I get to the weekend, literally. There's, and I told Monday this. I said, look, 67,000 followers Friday. And I calculate this in my head. I look today, 71,000. So in three days, you gained 4,000. I have 3920. <laughs> I can't even get 100 followers in a month. And for three days, 4,000 followers, how can, at your age, how can you stay humble and consistent? Mm. I just think that's that's just my character. Um, I, I'm around people that are way popping than me, millions of followers, superstars, and um, a lot of them are really unhappy. You yeah. know, they don't really have a a good family base or a good friendship and good people around them to the point that, you know, it's it's really not about that. It's about who are you as a person and how are you changing the world. Yeah. So... I mean, that doesn't really impress me. I'm glad that I'm getting recognition, you know, now. But, I mean, this is stuff I've been doing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just the right people are now starting to watch and view and figure out, okay, who is this and what's going on? So, yeah. hey. Put up in the right position. Right. Period. And that's cool. I'm glad that I didn't just jump up. I see girls and people take off, you know, overnight, have 100K followers or 500, just be an overnight sensation, but then die down because they don't have a plan together. or They don't know what to do with the audience and the people that's watching them. So, you know, if I ever do get to that point where I'm 
millions of followers, I want to make sure that I'm on a platform to really help the youth to, um, you know, really elevate them the way that I want to in the right direction. And this, the top 10 most, I'll try to find it on your page, but I couldn't find it. I think it's probably the leader or something. The top 10 most influential people in the city of Houston. Do you mm-hmm. remember that list? I don't remember it. Uh, I remember a couple people that were on there, though. But how'd you look? This is huge. This isn't no slug, no pun intended to any other city in America. <laughs> this isn't Albuquerque, New Mexico. This isn't Sacramento. This isn't you know Little Rock, Arkansas. This is Houston, Texas, and to be known as one of the top ten most influential people in the city of, of a top five city. What was your reaction when you when you heard that? I was shocked. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like me, like I, you know. Come I, on, Jay. You know. No, like you know. I, come on. Now. I mean, still though, because even though I feel like I do put the work in, and I feel mm-hmm. like you know I deserve it, but at the same time, like I said, Houston is just not known for really putting other people on or really admitting mm-hmm. that certain people are in the you know right path, right direction, or really influential. Yeah. So. For them to show love, I just thought that was awesome you, and amazing. If you was off the list, you probably looked at it and be like, hold on. No. What I'm doing, I know I cannot be left off this list. No, I think that just would have motivated me to go harder. But you know what I say? I, t- I told him this too. Monday, I keep saying his name, but he's the guy that works the, the camera. I told him this. I said, man, look, if something, and knock on wood, good Lord, knock on wood, if something bad happened, mm-hmm. a lot of things will stop because you're the head honcho of everything. Modeling agency, you still got people behind you, but mm-hmm. you leave an impact. Because I always look at life like this: if something happened to me today, if something happens to you, anybody, how you got to leave an impact somewhere in whatever you do. And if something happened to you, then look, that's something stops. You know, it's like a subtle stop. Okay, you know, no, I like the model agency. Think about it. I mean, if something was to happen to me, or if I was to move, or something like that. Um, I mean, that's why I have a team in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's about me. It's about we. So everybody that I put in power position, I expect to prevail and keep going and pick up where I left off at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I don't I don't think that would really affect. I think I've I've left my mark on Houston properly, and after that, I just hope people get inspired and and just. You know, keep it pushing and keep keep the dream real. Mm-hmm. We got about five more minutes. So, okay. Diddy Sons. I looked <laughs> on Instagram, man. I'm looking like you're moving a lot with his kids. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Mm, I met um, Justin year, the very first time I went to L.A. So I think I was right out of college. I had dropped my college dropout, y'all. I left my freshman year. And, Wait, um, what college you went to? I don't want to cut you off. You I went to it. Southern University in Baton Rouge. Ah, you know how we feel at TSU. But you know what? I do commentate. I can't be biased. <laughs> I can't be biased. I love Southern football team and basketball. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so I went to SUBR. And I left. And I have, um, when I moved back to Houston, um, one of my friends was like, you know, come out here for BT Awards. Came out there. It's a crazy story. We only have five minutes. I can't really tell y'all the whole story. But basically, everything that went, that could go wrong went wrong. Like, and I just ended up meeting a great person. Her name is Brooke. And, um, we had just went out and, uh, I think we had went to, uh, Kevin Durant was throwing a, um, a memorial, a 4th of July party. And I remember Rihanna was there. Like, 
It was celebrity. Yeah, it, was it was lit. It was lit. And Your I was. Life sucks. <laughs> and I was leaving out and I spotted Justin and I'm like, oh my God, that's, you know, Justin Combs, whatever. Like, I just remember him being younger and modeling for his dad's clothing line. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I went up to him, I spoke to him and we exchanged contact. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'm about to go to this party, you know, hit me up. And really, he just was really genuine, like invited me to, they had like a, a bowling event for charity. I went to that event with them and just really just... Just kept going to whatever he asked me to come to. And then um, for my birthday, I had him host in Jerome. And we just kept building a relationship. And from there, it's just like, that, that's my people. That's like, I talk to him almost every day. Like, that's, Yo, that's my people. And now moving. And he's, he's around, he's around our age. Yeah. We're now still, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Now I'm working for him. So. Exactly. That is crazy. <laughs> and you moving up. And one last question. Yes. The nightlife in Houston. Because me personally, I'm not a club guy. I'm more of a sports bar person. Uh -huh. I love sports. I love watching football basketball. I am dead outside of Diablos and Prospect. I don't want to throw their names up, but I'm just dead outside of sports bars until September come back. Because mm -hmm. I love to go to places when I have a reason to. Mm -hmm. And I go to sports bar because I love sports, football. So how do you feel about the nightlife? Because I'm not a club guy. So the nightlife in Houston, you got Mercy, you got Andrew, you got all these places. Overall, how do you feel about it? Um, I think Houston is definitely slept on. I think we're pretty turned up. You know, I think when people come to Houston, especially artists, they're not suspecting like it's going to be lit like that. They're thinking it's about to be country, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we've definitely uh, elevated on the nightlife. Um, I know that Mercy is like top 10 club in Houston, really number one club in Houston. And only thing that I wish we can, I hope that soon, like in the next couple of years, we change the ambiance, we change the culture, just something different. Like that's what my mark is on each club night is I always want to bring something different to the table. Yeah. Whether, you know, I came up with the idea of bringing, you know, a pizza at Jet Lounge, you know, just something different, like coming up with different things. Like I want yeah. milk and cookies in the club. I want different, you, you know, know, something, something different. different. Like just coming in and it's the same thing. And the crazy part about it is our nightlife in Houston is our culture. Like yeah. our socialites, like our celebrities are our promoters. We're the ones that's telling you what's hot and what's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like our dynamic for our nightlife is totally different from any other city. Like yeah. you have regulars. You already know when you go, Honestly, not to not to re reference it to church, but you know when you go to church, you see all your church friends. Hey, da, da, da. Yeah, same exactly. thing when you go to the club. It's like, hey, I just yeah. see you last week. Like you know, it's the same people. Like I don't suck. <laughs> if you're a member at a and th think about being a member at a club, they see you every Friday at the same <laughs> club unless you're hosting. That's different. One last question, just one more. Okay, one more. What's next for Jamie Lyon Agency? Um, what's next for J Mulan Agency is I think we're we're trying to take things to to the next level and not just work with models. Want to work with artists and dancers and um honestly I'm I'm about to start a, a management agency with Justin Combs so we're about to be partners in that deal and um that's that's what's next is just keep elevating and taking shit up. There you go. That's you goes up and look this was wrapped up. First episode of The Real Deal with the Kill had no other than Jay Mulan. Thank you for Coast thinking about me. You made me to, feel so special to today. Run. Look, I hit the home run. <laughs> I was at the plate like Craig Biggio. I was at the plate. Roger Clemens was throwing the ball at me. He <laughs> said, yo, you got a fastball at 95 miles an hour. What you going to do? Had to hit the home run. And that's what happened. Wrapped up episode one, Real Deal with the Kill. Awesome. Thank you.